This is Church Alive's teaching of the week. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Today we're going to get right into the message. The obvious question is how many of us have fought a battle in our lives? You know, the answer is probably going to be everybody. If it's not, you're, you're probably delusional because you've been in a battle at some point in your life. So, you know, just some rhetorical questions. How many of us uh, have fought a battle in our lives? And how many of us are fighting one right now? And how many know that we're more than likely going to be in another one probably real soon? Now, I'm not trying to speak negative things on my life. I'm not going to sit here and think, um, this is coming and it's going to come uh, we just know that's, that's the way it is. Satan's after us. Satan is, is trying to get us, and our Lord is going to protect us. But we can know probably we're going to face them. We need to prepare for those. We need to know how to face those. And we need to know how to face each individual one. We can't treat all the same. But if you've been in that situation, you think you're going to be in that situation, I want you to listen today. I really think that you can get something out of today's message the, the title of today's message is just simply Preparing Not to Fail. Our scriptures are going to come out of Joshua 7 and 8, and we're just going to talk about some steps we can take real quick on how we can prepare not to fail. And this is for those that are soldiers in God's kingdom and the fight for the kingdom that's been through a lot of them. And this is for those that maybe you said, I ain't been in too much trouble. I ain't had too many obstacles in my way. This is, this is good stuff to hear as you grow and you grow in the kingdom of God. Uh, when we follow God's way, we can prepare to receive God-style victories. And that's important. You know, we want to not just skim by. We don't want to just get by and make it to another day. We want to have a God-style victory. We don't want to just get by. We want to defeat these things in our lives. But however, we're going to read in Joshua that Joshua and the children of Israel learn a lesson the hard way. And that is that past victories don't guarantee you success. Uh, just because we got through one doesn't mean we're going to get through the next, and it certainly doesn't mean we're going to get through the next the same way, let me say. Uh, there's no guarantees in that. God's, following God's plan requires that we follow it completely, completely every single time, not this one time, and then we try to do it on our own the next time. We must follow it every single time. And today we're going to talk about what it's going to take to do that. Um, now, we're, we're talking about Joshua, and we're talking about a battle, but we're not talking about necessarily the battle of Joshua and Jericho. Uh, that's one of the most known battles in the Bible. It's one of my favorites from, from life, from childhood up. I can remember being in Bible school and seeing, uh, you know, the books and the pictures and this amazing story of how, you know, especially as a man and a young man that, that just knew he was going to grow up to be a really tough guy. I don't really know that worked out. But I just love the story of, of this battle that it didn't take man's strength. It didn't take necessarily man's physical action. It took what God wanted in following those instructions. Uh, we know from the Battle of Jericho that it wasn't your typical battle and it wasn't your typical victory. Uh, but that's not the one we're talking about today. It will be mentioned, but it's not really the one we're talking about. We're talking about the next one. 
uh, the one after that, the one that things kind of got sideways on. So a few things that we need to know today is, is for continued victory in life, we must do some things. We're going to have four points today. We're going to run through them pretty quickly. Uh, but for continued victory in life, we must do a few things. And the first one is we need to avoid self-confidence. Only God knows the right way. Now, before you, you get too sideways with that thought, listen, I, I'm a man's man, and I like to have confidence. And I often struggle between confidence and arrogance. And sometimes my confidence comes off as arrogance, and I don't ever want that to be the case. But it does. But we need to have a distinguished difference between those two things and knowing that, yes, God's power is within us. Yes, we have the ability and the strength to overcome things with the knowledge of God, but we should never get so self-confident that we think we can handle this situation on our own. We should always go to God. So, uh, Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. Just going to run through a few of these real quick. Um, there's a ton of scriptures that we probably won't have time to get all, so y'all read chapter 7 and 8. Uh, <clears throat> Joshua 7, verse 1. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zemrah, and the son of Zerah <clears throat> of the tribe of Judah took some things. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men to Jericho, to Ai, which is near Bethavi, to the east of Bethel, and told them, Go up and spy on the region, so that men went up and spied on Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Send two or three thousand men to take it, and do not weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. Now, just to give you a little backstory on this, we got this next battle coming up. We know we got to do this. And so Josh was taking some things upon himself. And I'm going to be honest, um, if I was Joshua and I just won this victory at Jericho, this super untraditional, you know, way of winning and not just winning, but decimating them, I mean, just wiping them off the earth, you know, I would probably go from uh, self-confidence to arrogance. I would probably think, you know what, this ain't that big a deal. We just done this. And, you know, me and God are pretty tight. I don't think that I've got to worry God with what I need for this little battle here. And that's where he makes his first mistake. You see, Joshua wanted to reuse tactics that God had instructed him to use previously. He wanted to use some of those same things. We see that in that scripture. He wants us to go and spy and, and look at these things. He's just using general war tactics to go after this, things that we know. And to relate to that... We're pretty common sense people, especially down here in the South. We can do things. We know how to get things done. So we're really guilty of going, you know, I can do this. Two and two make four. I can make this happen. I don't have to worry with this. And sometimes it's not even the thought of I don't want to worry God. It's just we want to take it on ourselves to handle these situations in our lives. But we need to know that we always need to go to God in each individual battle, even if they look similar, even if they're the same. How many of us have revisited battles? How many of us have had a situation? That's right. How many of us have had a situation, and then down the road, we're in that exact same situation? 
We get back in those spots. We can't just address that, though, as we did the previous time. We always need to go to God and ask for guidance in those things. We don't need to let self-confidence, even with good intentions, drive us away from what God wants us to do. He might tell you to do the exact same thing again, but he wants you to ask him, and he wants to instruct you. And do you know why? Because he wants the glory for it. He wants to know that you ask him, and he told you, and then you've done it, and then the victory is in his name. <clears throat> but maybe he was confident, having seen that he'd won that victory. Uh, you know, he got through that. It was a great victory for him. It built his self-confidence, and that's where he, he started making slip-ups. Self-confidently, but mistakenly, Joshua presumed to know how to approach Ai. We see in verse 2, he says, go up and spy on the country. Self-confidently, but mistakenly, Joshua presumed to know how to fight Ai. Do not uh, weary all the people there, for the people of them are few. He's, he's thinking in, in human terms. And you would think the guy that just defeated Jericho with horns would know that we can't think in human terms when it comes to God-style battles. We cannot view them on our own level. All right. Point two, we need to avoid self-assurance. Only God can give continued victories. All right, we, want to, we want to continually win. We don't want to just win once and then pout the rest of our lives and blame everybody and everything else for the things that's going on. We want continued victories. We want to continue to win, but we want to continue to win God's way as we've already spoken. Chapter 7, verses 4 through 9 of Joshua. So about 3,000 went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai who killed about 36 of them. Now, just remember, they just killed 36 of them out of about 3,000. Keep that in mind. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as, as, far as the stone quarries the, and struck them down on the slopes. At this, their hearts of the people were melted in fear and became like water. Now, we're not done there, but I want to stop and say 36 men out of these thousands, that wouldn't bring fear normally, I don't think. I think that's pretty normal to see a handful of guys get killed in battle. I think there was something more there to that fear. It says their, their hearts melted. These are soldiers that fought. These are soldiers that thought they knew how to win this. These are arrogant people that know how to fight, right? And they get here, and all of a sudden, their heart melts over a few people compared to how many they had. That isn't normal. That is God melting their hearts in fear because they didn't do as they were instructed. Verse 6, Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same thing and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, I like this right here. This is a John Rankin move right here. So we just had all these great battles. We just done this good thing and things went bad. And all of a sudden, alas, <laughs> alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this... Uh, <clears throat> this people across the Jordan to deliver us to the hands of the uh, Amorites to destroy us. If only we had been content to stay. If only we had been content to stay. I'm sorry, I, I like to add a little 
a little something to that. It's just so pitiful. If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say? Now that Israel has been routed by the enemies, the Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. What then will this say about your great name? Let me tell you something. God doesn't need us to make his name great. All right? He doesn't need it. He doesn't need us to make his name great. God's name is great, despite what we do, despite our mistakes. And this is just so typical us, so typical me even, uh, that, that we're kind of putting a pity spin on it, some sarcasm, and I've been there. Well, God, if, if this hadn't happened, imagine what I could be doing for you. Imagine what this would look like. You know, that's like coming up here today and not preparing. Lord, please allow me to speak well today, even though I didn't do any preparation. But if I fail, you're going to look bad. No, I'm going to look bad, not God. God's word's the same. If I fail at bringing it to you, that's on me. And God wanted victory for them. But if they didn't do it his way and they failed, that's on them, not on him. He says, pardon your servant. I don't know. If that was my kid, I'd probably pop him. I don't know. Uh, I just don't like it. But he does. He tries to play that card. Because he had self-confidence. It went bad. And now he's embarrassed. That's, he's embarrassed. He, didn't get, he, he wasn't killed. He's alive. And he's feeling these emotions. And he's feeling this failure after this great thing. And he wants to put this spin on this as, we just done this great thing. And now we just got beat severely, embarrassingly. And... He's embarrassed. He doesn't like it. He wants to blame anybody else. And I know that I have, and we probably all have been guilty of wanting to blame anybody and anything for the failure that we had other than ourselves. We'll even approach God with the blame. When all along, all he wanted was communication. He just wanted us to speak to him, and he would have instructed us on that. So Joshua's self-confidence led him to be self-assured when it came to victory over AI. Unfortunately, he missed one very important fact of following God's plan, that we must ask him and seek him in every single step of that. Not just, how do I start this? Not once we get in it and go, well, what do I do now? And then not, how do we finish it? He wants to know, he wants us to come to him and him instruct us through every step of every battle. And when we do that, we will get God-like instructions, and we will have direction that we can prepare for victory. God desires victory. God gave victory to them over Jericho. We can't sit here and say God wanted them to fail. You can't sit in your life and say God wanted you to fail because God gave them Jericho. God gave you something in the past. He's given you victory because you're here. God's given you victory in the past. You can't go through life thinking he wanted you to fail. If you failed, there's a reason, and it ain't God. It's not God. Romans 8, well, listen, I'm getting ahead of myself. God gave victory, to, gave victory over Jericho, and the Apostle Paul tells us of God's desire to give us victory in our lives today. We can consider Romans 837, yet in all these things, 
We are more than conquerors. Listen, that's bold. That's bold words right there. We are more than conquerors? That's a heavy word. Through him who loves us, him being God, being Jesus, our Savior, that's how we obtain. That's how we become conquerors. In 1 Corinthians 15, 57, but thanks be to God who gives us victory, victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to hear what I'm trying to tell you today. You need to listen to what I'm saying right now. When we stop treating God as the king of kings and start treating him as a friend, we lose the connection of the most powerful and wise warrior and and friend we can have. When we just treat him as a friend and stop viewing him as a king, we lose that. We're, we're too often just God's my buddy that I go to and talk to once in a while. He is your king. He is your savior. He doesn't want you to visit him once in a while. He wants you to visit him all the time. God knows every hindrance in our way. He knows every one of them. There's none of them catching them off guard. <clears throat> Achan had disobeyed the instructions of, the, of God in keeping that of which was dedicated to God from the battle of Jericho. Although unknown to Joshua, and I know this is going to be the catching, like Joshua didn't know. We're going, to, we're going to get to that. Although unknown to Joshua and the rest of the children of Israel, God knew and would have informed Joshua if he had only asked direction, fell in the ass. Joshua did not wait for God's directions, and instead of victory, he was defeated. Now, the reason this happened was Joshua stopped asking God direction. But there's more to it than that. Joshua stopped talking to God. It's evident in Scripture. Joshua 1.1, Joshua 3.7, 4.1.5.2 for time. You can go read those, but it's, it's evident. Those Scriptures speak directly to Joshua talking to God and God talking to Joshua. So there's proof that he knew better. I mean, aside from the Battle of Jericho, we know that he had a very fluent, very open, verbal relationship with God. And that stopped. That stopped. And they were given instructions when they went into this that we don't take anything. But we know from the Battle of Jericho that some things were taken. That Achan and some other uh, warriors there saw some things, couldn't help themselves, took it. And we're facing some backlash from that now. So point three today is having failed, return to God dependence. Now, when I speak, I always want to make sure that we address a problem and then we talk about God's way out. How many of us know that God always gives us a way out? How many of us believe, how many of us experience being in a really difficult spot, a really difficult situation, and all of a sudden there's this way out? I mean, stressed to the max, Lord, I don't know what I'm going to do. Lord, I'm having this trouble at home with my family or my kids or my wife or my job. I'm having this trouble with this addiction. I got myself into this. I was too self-confident, too self-assured. I got myself here. And there's always been this obvious door, and you're like, what in the world is this from? It was God. He always gives us a way out. So when I speak, I always want to talk on the problem, and I always want to talk on the saving grace of God and the way out. So point three today, having failed, return to God dependence.
The Lord said to Joshua, stand up. The Lord said to Joshua, man, stand up. That's what God said. The Lord, stand up. What are you doing down on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I have commanded them to keep. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied. They have put them with their own possessions. That is why the Israelites cannot stand up against the enemies. You see, they couldn't stand against the enemies because they didn't follow God's instructions. It wasn't because God wasn't good to them. It's because they failed to connect with God and follow his instructions. They turned their backs and ran because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore. Oh, that's heavy. Oh, that's heavy. God will not be with you anymore. That's your God. Can you imagine this relationship he had with him? You imagine a relationship or a friendship you have with somebody, and when that ended, this is God that gave him Jericho. And now he's saying, I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. So consecrate the people. Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, there are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until they have been removed. <clears throat> now, when we mess up, God's going to save us. He's going to come back. He's going to help us if we turn to him. And we're going to get to that point that he wanted us to be at. But more times than not, it's going to take something that you wouldn't have had to give up. You wouldn't have had to have done. It's going to take some stress. It's going to take some kind of sacrifice on your part, and we see this here. When we, if we had just went to God first, it would have been easier, it would have been smooth, we'd have had it. But now we're faced with this backlash, this, God, yes, I'm going to save you, but now there's some things you're going to have to do, and you're probably not going to like it. And we see that here. See, what's happening here is he's saying everybody and everything has to be done away with. That, that sinned against me, that took these things. And I'll tell you, if you've ever been in a group with somebody, you've made friends with them, this, this guy, we're talking about Achan and Joshua here and these other guys, they fought together. God's telling them, you got to kill them. You got to kill their families. You got to destroy those things that they took. That's heavy. That's hard. That's not the way it had to be. We say, God, how can God be so heartless? God instructed him differently, and he didn't listen. He didn't obey, and now he's giving him a way out, but there's a price to pay. Now there's a consequence to not following him, and that is he has to pull this friend. I'm going to say friend. I don't know that they were. I, I'm going to say friend. I know you don't do anything in a brotherhood or a sisterhood or a group of people for a long period of time and not grow emotionally attached to them. I know you certainly don't go to battle with somebody and not grow that way, and now he has to, to destroy them. And Scripture tells us that he does. And that's why it's so important that we get it right the first time. That we ask God, that we follow every instruction for every battle, that we don't just treat everyone the same. That we don't get self-confident. That we go to him and ask each and every time we have a battle. Point four. We're going to wrap this up. Um... Yeah, we're good. Point four. Uh, we, need, we, we must seek God's direction. Um, 
He can bring victory from defeat. And that's what we're talking about now. We talked about some pretty negative things. We talked about some negative actions that we do. You probably got into your feelings because they probably touched them. You probably done them. But we come around, we talked about a way out. We know that God's going to give us that way. We need to figure out how do we, how do we get to that way out? It's, it's really simple. You remember that victory you had sometime back? Really struggle you had and you got through it. You remember how you were close to God then? You remember how you were talking to God then? You remember how you went to people that knew God? They were close to God. Do you remember that? That's what we got to do. We got to get back to God. We had to get back connected. We got to get back to that relationship with God where we're speaking to Him, where we're asking Him for instructions. He loves you. He loved them. So to get back to that, we got to humble ourselves. We got to go, Lord, we made a mistake, and I'm sorry, and God's going to love you. He's going to open his arm, and he's going to love you, and he's going to invite you back. We see in chapter 8, verses 1 through 29, it's, it's a lot of scripture. I, I read it when you have a chance. But we see in that that armed with God's direction, it's not new direction. I, I want you to mind that. This was his directions from the start. It's new to Joshua because he didn't listen. But armed with God's direction, Joshua knew God's plan now, and all it took was asking. All it took was asking and obeying. See, I, given, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. I just told you, he messed up, and here he is giving it. With God's plan, Joshua knew how to proceed. When God, when he was communicating with him, instantly, instantly he knew what God's plan was, and with that, he knew that he would succeed. With God's plan, Joshua knew how to proceed. And, you'll, and you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. You see, it's okay to reference the past when God says it's okay to reference the past. Now that he's on board, God is speaking directly to Jericho. He's letting him know, you remember that. That's what I'm going to give you now because you're obeying me, because you're listening, because you ask me. Because you ask me. When we follow God's plan and seek his direction, God can restore our victories. That's all it takes. I love the word restore. Restore isn't new. Restore is coming from a place, a bad place, and being brought up like new. And we've all been in a bad place, and we need to be restored. We need to be brought back up. We need to be redone and renewed in God. And he wants to restore us in our victories. And they, they did. When Israel learned this, they defeated Ai. Ai, sorry. God wants us to triumph. He wants you to win. He doesn't want you to fail. He wants you to win. He wants you to have victories. It is so important for us to just ask God's direction. And then when he gives it to us, to act on it. See, my prayer often is, Lord, please give me your word. Tell me what you'd have me to, to do. And my second prayer is, give me the courage to do it. Because I believe a lot of us have been in church long enough and love God enough and have a, a close enough relationship with God that we know, we can know quickly. God's going to tell us, but are we going to act on it? Are we going to do it? 
Are we going to be afraid of what comes with it? So my prayer is always, Lord, what would you have me do? And then secondly, Lord, give me the courage to do it. Whatever it looks like, whatever it looks like I may lose, give me the courage to step out and do it. So today I, I really encourage you to just look at your life. If things are kooky in your life right now, things maybe not going right, ask yourself a few of those questions. Did I think I could handle it on my own? Listen, if you couldn't, that doesn't make you weak. God wants to do something through you. God wants to shine through you. And listen, if you've ever had that experience, there is no shame in that. There is power in that. There is courage in that. And you'll never have another feeling like that in your life when, when it's obvious you can't. And he shows up and he can. Thank you again for listening to Church of Life's teaching of the week. We invite you to join us for the Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 a.m. or learn more at churchalive.net.